Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now we have to f***ing talk about racing. We're going to watch a car race, Michael. It's when nerds try and be cool. I think you've done brilliantly. Good podcasting. <laughs> That's how we roll, baby. Hi, I'm Josh Weller. And I'm Alfie Brown. And this is Dirty Air. Yellow flags, overtakes, crashes, DNFs, strategy, last lap battles, tears, swearing, safety cars, and the first weekend not hearing the Dutch national anthem for what seems like two years. It was, in fact, a real-life Formula One race. I still feel like it didn't happen. I still feel like it was a fever dream. I could hardly believe it. I could hardly believe it was happening. But before we review the uh, Singapore Grand Prix, let's very quickly blast through the news. Uh, Alpha Tauri are to be renamed the Alpha Tauri Adidas Hugo Boss team for 2024. Um... I personally think that they should just call the AlphaTauri team Red Bull and stop fucking us all around. Uh, yeah, but Red Bull, like, plus. Well, not plus, minus. Like, Red Bull <laughs> Red minus. Bull, Red Bull minus. <laughs> or just, like, Red... Red I, th- I like Red Bull plus. Or Red Cow. <laughs> Or what's like a lesser rosé bull? What's like a lesser red? Scarlet mm, Bull. Yeah, okay, like a... Sort of a, a a a sort of rosy pink cow. After the um, amazing qualifying, they asked the three podium, the pole sitters, uh, George, Carlos, and Charles. They went. Liam Lawson's the only Red Bull driver in the top ten. Yeah, and, <laughs> and they went. Yep. 
like, looked at each other knowingly. It was great. He, it was like when your mate says something in the pub where they get a little bit racist and your mate just looks across the table at like, is what? That, is that all right? He's been reading. Does he, does he, is Here's he... the thing about chemtrails, right? Here's the thing. Nobody talks about chem... And you just give your friends that look to go, George has gone too far down the rabbit hole here, hasn't he? He's gone mental. He's gone mental in COVID. It was also Liam Lawson. Liam Lawson needs to go into hiding. He needs... Like they need to put him in that bunker that Saddam Hussein was found in for like a week. Yeah, he's, it's 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 over for him. Or, or he's just the next. Maybe he's he's the one who they're using to break Yuki's spirit. So they're fine for him to be doing this at the moment because they're trying to destroy Yuki. And then once they've destroyed Yuki, they can concentrate on destroying Liam. Is are they renaming it? It's Hugo Boss or Adidas, isn't it? I think it's. I think that they might. I, I saw that they might be doing both, but yeah, apparently they're in competition. I don't see Adidas as a. There's that Nike movie about how they bought Michael Jordan in as a sponsor, and it kind of made it obviously made Nike Nike or yeah. Nike as as we call them. Um, yeah. And I don't see how Adidas or Hugo Boss being involved really in Formula One is going to help their brand. Like, Adidas is just, it's like sneakers from the 80s. I don't get, like, how it's going to make them sell more but Also, clothes. why would Adidas want to sponsor the worst team? Like, <laughs> yeah, what's also- in it for them to be associated? Because it's not like they can make them better, because they'll still be Red Bull's sister team. Red Bull Sugar Free. <laughs> that would be a good one. Red Bull San Sucre. Yeah. Um, that the the first day that Adidas go into like a meeting before a race, if they do get the job, and they go, okay, guys, here, we just got to beat Red Bull, and everyone's going to look around the office, going, oh no, um, no, that's the one thing we're not allowed to do. Liam Lawson, <laughs> do, do, do you remember Liam Lawson? Yes, Liam Lawson. Rest in rest in peace, Liam Lawson. Yeah, he went into hiding after the Singapore Grand Prix. They found his body at the bottom of the Thames. Tight. He was, he, his body was weighed down with 400 cans of Red Bull and a photo of Jos Verstappen saying, do not fuck with us. Yeah, we can't. We just can't. We can't beat Red Bull. No one's career has started and ended in the same millisecond as Liam Lawson this weekend. It's really funny, isn't it, that they've spent... Like, imagine if I asked you at the season, at the beginning of the season, hey, who do you think, uh, who do you think the most successful Alpha Tauri driver of the year is going to be? And you went, ah, probably Yuki. And then I go, no. Oh, is it Nick then? No. All right, well, Daniel Ricciardo's the like the reserve driver of Red Bull. Maybe it's him. He did actually drive Ravitari, but no. It's actually some bloke from New Zealand who you've never heard of. He's by far, as well, by far the most successful Ravitari driver of the season. He's doing better than all of them, and it's not even close, and you don't know who he is. <laughs> it's so weird. How's he doing this? Not he's mm. not just making Daniel and Yuki look bad. He's making everyone in Formula One look bad, including yeah. Max Verstappen. He made he made Max. He broke a fifteen race. He's the reason. He's yeah. like when we when we look back on it, like when they, you know uh, the World War actually started when Franz Ferdinand was assassinated in Austria in nineteen. We're going to look back on the end of Red Bull's dominance as the day Liam, Liam, who? Liam Lawson out qualified the golden boy. And you could tell all the stewards were like, oh shit, what do we do? What do we do? We can't do anything. Oh God. And then they had a stewards meeting, didn't they? And Alpha Tauri, <laughs> they all sat in a room didn't like show that up. scene. 
It's like that scene in Armageddon where they had to figure out who stayed on the comet to die to blow up the bomb, and they all pull straws. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going in. Do you have the inside scoop about what actually happened there? Because I, I, because I saw that there was an article that said, "Hey, we actually do have a really brilliant reason why Red Bull sent somebody to the stewards meeting, but we just didn't send anybody to the stewards meeting." And we appreciate how awful it looks, but here's the really great reason. Do you know what the really great reason was? Yeah, I do. I actually contacted a couple of people in Formula One and I said, why weren't Alpha Tauri at the stewards meeting? Um, and they said, oh, have you seen the film Armageddon? And I went, yeah. And, he went, <laughs> and I went, yeah, the, sh- the short straws. And they went, no, not that bit. You know the bit where there's just for some reason a gun? <laughs> they have a gun in space. Yeah, there's, it really doesn't make sense to the plot that that the um, that the little buggy miners that, uh, have machine guns on them, but also one of the astronauts has a has a gun just in a drawer on a space shuttle. It doesn't really make much cognitive sense to the narrative. They're just going to an asteroid to try and save Earth. Yeah, that's exactly what happened in the AlphaTauri garage. Jos Verstappen walked in, opened one of the AlphaTauri pit crew's lunchboxes, and pulled out a Glock nine, and went, "Nobody's going to this meeting." It's so funny so the short answer is you don't know no (laughs) (laughs) this race was geared to be a shit race because because of the ice bath content that's like the the the, uh the spoiler that you know it's going to be a bad race when you see them all in an ice bath everyone from even um that bit with lewis and george in the ice bath where george gets in and goes lovely love and it just panned over to lewis lewis had that look on his face like you know when someone's talking in the sauna and you just want them to shut the fuck up oh yeah do yeah and lewis just gave him that look like dude just stop talking we saw magnuson and hulkenberg obviously we saw the ferrari drivers in the ice bath and we went okay this is going to be a crap race i actually did a poll on our on our uh, twitter that was, uh, would you like to see Toto Wolf in an ice bath? And we had 251 votes, and um, it was 80% yes. Was it really? Well, I yeah, I, I would have been numbered among the yeses. So chalk, chalk me up uh, on, on that side of the uh, on that side of the debate. He also, after the race, said, "Ah, yes, but Singapore can be uh, a weird race where." It doesn't comply to the usual uh, what is happening for the season. When Mercedes were winning every race, uh, we struggled in Singapore. And um, and then I looked at who had won Singapore in the recent years, and it's exactly who you'd expect to win. So I'm yeah. not really sure what he's on about there. Like, it wasn't addressed. I was excited to... Uh, I even looked at the Peter Windsor video, <laughs> trying to get some uh, insider info about, can we expect this in next week's race like a red bull just going to come surging back like a smudge of excrement on a tissue surging out to sea or uh is this the beginning of a little bit of intrigue in the season and then i did a bit of maths and tried to work out whether or not if max verstappen died like (laughs) whether it would be possible for anybody else to win the world championship feasibly is it uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, he'd have won. But um, it would take such it would take Max Verstappen level dominance from one of the other drivers for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's just not going to happen, is it? It's just no. not. It's not humanly possible at this point. Um, also, with the J- Japan uh, Grand Prix coming up, can we take bets now as to whether Seb Vettel is coming back in some capacity? Oh, I, in some capacity, yes. As a driver, no. You don't think so? No. Yeah, but why is he? 
why are Red Bull, why is he like ramming his nose so far up like Red Bull's asshole? Like he's going out, he's driving his old car, he's like, he's coming to the race and there's going to be some big announcement. I, I, in my head, it's like he's got his own honey brand. Yeah, it could be that. It could be legacy management. Like he could be cozying up to Red Bull because he wants to be remembered as a Red Bull driver. Because he turns up at the the track now and goes like, hey, do you remember me? And he goes, yeah, you're that shit driver from Ferrari, aren't you? (laughs) No, I'm actually the four-time world champion from Red Bull. No, you're not a Red Bull driver. The Daniel Ricciardo, Max Verstappen, you know, and then all the kind of abused children. uh, Those are the Red Bull drivers. You're not a Red Bull driver. No, I was. I won four world championships. Me and Mark Webber. Is Kelly PK going to dump Max for Liam Lawson now? Um... Only if my wildest fantasies become reality. <laughs> but no. I think, look, you've got, to, you've got to admire the whole package with Max. And that is going to be, he's probably more commanding a partner. Like he, if you want somebody who's going to take the lead to make the dinner reservations to decide on the restaurant, Liam Lawson's very much going to take a back seat in that. Oh, wherever you want to go. Uh, you know, he's a typical. He's going to be a typical Kiwi about it. He's going to be soft. What do you think Max's go-to restaurant is when he's like, "No, this is where we're going for dinner. This is my favorite place." I think it's something like IHOP, just something, something somewhere where he gets a menu with crayons. You know? Yeah, yeah. I can imagine him being. Oh yeah, I love this race because they have a Tim Hortons near the track. <laughs> There's no. Uh, we have no helmet negs this week because for so- for we some don't have any reason, helmet negs. He's shut his mouth. He's. He's managed to keep his 89-year-old, or however old he is, 98-year-old, or just 62 and he's party too hard, mouth shut. You say that he's managed to keep his mouth shut, but we've actually had some correspondence from Helmut Marco. Uh, and he's actually, uh, in a departure from our typical day-in-the-life offering, he has uh, written in to give us his race review. Isn't that exciting, Joshua? What, he, wait, Helmut Marco wrote to us. Helmut Marco has written in just to let you know, let us know rather, uh, his thoughts on the week's racing. And I'm very, oh very, God. very grateful to him. So I could um, I could read us this uh, now if you'd like that, Josh. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Thank you so much, Helmut Marco. I, und- I, I mean, feasibly, he's got a, a lot of open time in his schedule because he can't slag off Toto's inability to make a croissant effectively or whatever it is every week um so please 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 go ahead with this is helmet marco's singapore race review 2023 a pleasing start to the race i have to say insolence was punished and sergio perez punctured yuki's tire do not swear at max verstappen there will be a price to pay Around lap 22, one of our most inventive drivers once again displayed his unique imagination, and instead of driving around the track like all of the other drivers, Logan Sargent saw fit to drive into a wall. Avant-garde Formula One, I must say. I'm joking, of course. He is an embarrassment to his family. Ocon was driving so well, his engine fainted. Poor child. Maybe your stylist could have fitted you with an engine that worked instead of those absurd, billowing cargo trousers, you preening, scrawny fool. It was an exciting race, wasn't it? After those little fuck-ups, safety cars, strategy, close racing, it was wonderful, wasn't it? 
Well, I hope you enjoyed it, because in Japan, our foot, or should I say Red Bull, brackets, com- the company that employs me in a consultancy capacity, close brackets, foot, will be back on your throat. We have to, uh, th- they have to, every now and again, help you to remember what you loved about Formula One, so they can destroy it. So this week, Red Bull, there we were, they, they, we, they, swapped the Alpha Tauri and the Red Bull engines and sent Yuki out with a flat tire. Naughty little potty mouth. You didn't really think Liam Lawson was that fast, did you? He's from New Zealand. They only got cars over there in 2013. Anyway, (laughs) enjoy what you saw, pigs, as it will be a long time before you ever see that again. The tension, the drama, the racing. Say goodbye, pig. Next week, it's back to the pageantry of Red Bull's bleak and routine destruction. More tears for George, as his seemingly quite Mexican temperament (laughs) rears his head again. Enjoy your moment, Ferrari, because it's back to the bin next week. (laughs) Thank you. Helmet. Oh, thank you so much. No, we should make that a regular uh, review. Thank you so much. Helmet, if you have the time, please do that every week. That was fantastic. We'll see. Let's review the Formula One. This is, I love, I love the name of this race. I love it. It's my favorite one. What is it? It says the, says the place, the, says the name of the place twice. The Formula One Singapore Airlines Singapore Grand Prix 2023. Does Qatar do that as well? Yeah, it must be. Yeah, they must do that. Yeah, because the Qatar's... Because, like, there are about nine different Qatar Grand Prix, aren't there? There's a Qatar Airways Grand Prix in, like, Wales and whatnot. Anyway. (laughs) Song of the race. I have a song of the race. My song of the race, a song that encapsulates the race. I've got... um, I wonder if we've got the same one again. Mine's Slip Sliding Away by Paul Simon. Interesting. So we, we have gone to the same area. Mine is... Well, it's Slip Sliding Away because the Red Bull car was slip sliding all over the circuit. But it's also... It's also Slip Sliding Away because... Their their dominant streak that we're all meant to be appreciating has slipped yeah. slid away. What was yours? Enjoy. Um, my song of the race was "Breakaway" by Art Garfunkel. <laughs> no way! Wow. Yeah. So that's because uh, Carlos Sainz has broken away from the tag of Garfunkel and has is he's essentially in the last few races and certainly today. I think almost kind of rendered Charles the number two driver, hasn't he? I can't believe we together did Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, I know. But I think it's really cool. Like the Garfunkel-y has become the Garfunkler. It's an amazing thing to see. We'll get to we'll get to the genius of Carlos Sainz's race. Inappropriate sponsor, sponsor of, of the, the week. week. <laughs> Um, I have uh, Westminster Security, who are a private investigator in London, who I feel that um, we should employ as the sponsor to investigate, A, why Red Bull did so badly, B, uh, Mm -hmm. what why Red Bull had to uh, change their the floor of their car, and also just, I think we need to investigate Formula One, because um, Formula One seemed confused that we enjoyed this weekend. (laughs) Are you are you guys yeah. enjoy are you enjoying Max? Are you enjoying Max? Are you enjoying are you enjoying the do- you should be hey, listen, fuckhead. You should be enjoying the do- the dominance of the greatest I know we changed the rules to stop dominance, but now dominance is happening and you should all enjoy it 
and oh hang on a minute Wait, oh you're enjoying a race with actual racing okay we need to we need to put a stop to this like if formula one have any brains they will penalize red bull next weekend because 10 times the number of people will tune in what do we have any insight into what happened to red bull this week yeah because the- toto said that it's like it's to do with singapore but the previous the past winners don't really back that up so i don't i'm, I'm confused well, my I'm not I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, Alfie. But if I was, I would say that um, Red Bull underperformed on purpose this week to stop the FIA changing the rules next year, so that they can have a really shit race this week, and then go no 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 don't change the rules. Look, we had a bad race just like everyone else. And also, the conspiracy theorist side of me makes me think that they just wanted to divert attention away from. Helmut Marco being openly racist about one of their drivers. However, the rules of Formula One, they clamped down quite hard on the flexi floor. That They were like, you can't make the floor of your car flexible anymore. And as soon as Red Bull stopped doing it, they just ate shit. So there's two. There's the logical answer and the my 911 um, steel girders don't collapse like that answer. You can take whichever one you like, Alfie. Well, you, you know... The- the one that was written, it, 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 your, yours actually chimes quite in a pleasing parallel with what Dr. Helmut Marco told us in his race review. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Um, <laughs> which I think was, <laughs> which was written with a kind of an absurd, an absurdist dint, but you've managed to appropriate at face value, which is, it's very good fun. And I hope that there is an inside uh job going on the flexi floor issue means that next week it's all going to be uh it's it's it, it means they can't solve it easily which i i'm greatly attracted to yeah um also the when we did our live show at silverstone the yeah. live the live performances that we got we had the black eyed peas mm-hmm. and and what was that band that we sort of met young the like, poet is that what they were called yeah poetry is nice or something and in singapore they got Boy George, Kings mm-hmm. of Leon, and mm-hmm. Robbie Williams. That's unfair, but also shows how much Singapore will pay. Because I, my assumption is they outsource those fees to the local kind of government. And they're like, you pay for the entertainment. And they got Boy George, which had whose second biggest song is Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? Which is very fitting for Red Bull's weekend. Mm. And uh, come, 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 you come and go, you come and go from winning every race. Um, yeah. And then we had Kings of Leon, who I think their last five albums have performed like Red Bull performed this weekend. Do you think that's because Red Bull this weekend made the decision to try and attract, do you think they were trying to be a, like a pleasing stadium team? <laughs> uh, and they made their car too broad and... Uh, they they betrayed their kind of rock and roll bluesy roots. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, they okay. and there's no band quite like Kings of Leon who every year they just go out and do function gigs now for like three million pounds a gig and that can just pay for their lives and they don't need to make albums anymore. And the drummer's like the, who's their weird cousin who's they got to drum is still only like seventeen or something. Yeah, and uh, and Robbie Williams as well. That's a that's a that's a stellar lineup of performers. It, it is stellar. You've been very, very careful with your language there, and I appreciate that because you've not, <laughs> you've not said good, have you? You've said stellar. 
They are all slightly over the hill, which I think fits the weekend quite well as well for Red Bull's performance. Well, I hope hope that's an omen, isn't it? And Robbie Williams had that song, I love my life, which... I don't think Red Bull do at the moment either. I think they're I think they're feeling all right. I think George Russell's feeling worse than any of the Red Bulls. Anyway, in at number ten, Alpha Tauri. Okay, team of the race. I'm going with Alpha Tauri. Team of the race. Liam Lawson, obviously, when he comes out of hiding, um, he started in tenth, pushed Max out of the top ten, and finished in tenth. Mm. Sonoda fifteenth, and then. What in any other circumstance of racing would be a black and white flag or a 10 second penalty? Sergio Perez, Sonoda's car looked like, you know, when you have to open a can of beans or tuna, but you don't have a can opener. Yeah. And you're like, I think I can do this with a sharp knife. And it just looks, it's, it's dangerous, basically. When you open it up, you're like, I could murder people with this. That's what Alpha Tauri's car, that's what Sonoda's car looked like. So, Perez absolutely chunked into him on purpose kind of like daddy being like get out the way when you go go go-karting and your dad decides to take it really seriously all of a sudden yeah it was a mammoth f up for sergio perez and i am amazed that he didn't get a penalty for that and then had the nerve to bitch about hamilton not getting a penalty when hamilton overtook him it's it was just ridiculous his his days are numbered put danny in i think they're gonna put liam in surely I mean, they have to. Liam Law. Oh my God, Liam Lawson. They have to. They have to put. It's. It was just. It was. Yeah. It was really, really funny that uh, in qualifying, Yuki Tsunoda swore swore to his team radio about Max Verstappen. Of course, it's as good as you. You. You're really the jester's about to be executed at that point. You know, <laughs> the, the the king, the king, and the court do not take kindly to these jokes, and. <laughs> And then immediately, as soon as the race starts, Perez, I just thought that was so funny. And and he was swearing. So Max should have got a penalty for what initially made Yuki swear. And then yeah. he's, he'd been doubly fucked by both Red Bull drivers <laughs> in both qualifying. And then it's so funny. It's, it's like an endurance test. It's like, what can you... It's like an, it's an experiment by NASA to see how resilient the human mind is. That's what they're doing with Yuki at the moment. <laughs> and they the, the Alpha Tari drivers can't do anything, can they? They can't like they can't they can't even go to the stewards meeting afterwards. They are in it's not a sister team. That's an unfair word to use for obvious like for multiple reasons. But like they can't complain because it's the boss's team they're just if they do or say anything they just get kicked out of the and red bull have like set such a precedence of being like well we can just kick you out you know that we can just ruin your life yeah it's just so shouldn't be a red bull team it's unbelievable ninth place alfa romeo oh boy okay joe grand you started 19th finished 12th bottas it's time for smacky dnf uh yes bottas started 16th and joe started 18th and finished 12th. It, I'm unremarkable, and I didn't see anything of them for the whole race, really. I don't even really remember when Bottas DNF'd. No, they didn't show it. They just went, oh, and, and Bottas is out. But it was one of the great... that Okay, that I am fine with. I am absolutely fine see, not seeing Bottas DNF when there's actual Formula One racing going. This weekend made me fall in love 
with Formula One. It's like having a girlfriend that all you do is argue, all you do is fight, all you do is piss and moan at each other. And then one weekend you go to Alton Towers and then you have amazing intercourse and you think, oh, this is actually all right. Yeah. Do you know, this week's race made me think that I might want to do a Formula One podcast. <laughs> and I haven't felt like that for a while. It's really hard to do a uh, a comedy-based F1 podcast when you loved the race this much. Because there's no Oh, no, comedy. I think it's so much easier. I was excited about doing it this week because there was things to talk about. It's like, you, what do you talk... What are we talking about every week? Oh, this is... I'm still frustrated, same as last week, same as the week before. I'm still really, really frustrated. Whereas this week, oh my God, somebody new. I'm, I'm excited to go through these teams. Fucking rattle off. I'm Haas. You, you're going you're gonna to try and mention them in a minute. I'm not going to talk about them. <laughs> what um, what audio sound would you like um, for me to fill with Haas? Uh, we've had a tumbleweed. We've had... Wah, wah, wah. What, uh, what noise would you like? Would you like the Dutch national anthem? Um, I'd like... Um, could you put um, Du Hast by Ramstein in there? I'm going to just do one bit of guitar. The ding, ding, ding. Okay, here we go. Okay, that's a Hass re- review. Williams in seventh place. Logan started, he started 19th, finished 14th, which was essentially last. Kind you text of. me, you text me during the race saying, Logoat, Sargoat. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just trying to reappropriate your goatee shout because I think... Logan has now DNF'd for Williams more than Latifi in his entire career. And I'm lo- it's getting to the point with Logan, like he's giving me uh, the same phenomenon, the same soul-wrenching kind of embarrassed feeling that I got watching Mazepin drive. Yes. Oh, my God. I miss that man so much. Bring him back. Bring him back. Logan Sargent I, I- also has the most amount of monetary damage caused to any Formula One car. So um, Max Verstappen has caused $220,000 worth of damage. But Logan Sargent has caused a paltry $2.794 million. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, who foots that bill? Is it the team or is it daddy? Is it in the contract that that daddy foots that bill? Nominally, Williams fit, fit that bill, but Williams are also being given a lot of money to cover just such things. But you have to wonder because I mean he's bought his seat, right? Yeah. So they will have to they'll they'll either have to cover those things and have that written into the contract, or you imagine that Williams at some point will going will be going. I I know that you've given us a lot of money to be here, but with the amount of money you're actually costing us with all the crashes. It's actually not cost effective anymore for us to accept the money, given that we're just giving that to fix the car and have an embarrassing driver as part of our team. It's just not worth it. (laughs) I think his dad must foot the bill. I think he must. Like, I think that while that race is happening, there are very few Americans live streaming. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The race while also on the phone to Russia. And when they see their son DNF, they go, okay, yeah, do you want to buy some more guns? Because... Um, <laughs> Because I've got to pay for my son fucking up his car. How do you guys? How do you guys like drones? Do you like drones? It's. Do you want to know who's uh, the second and third most expensive um, drivers? Would you like to guess? Well, you'd have. I mean, Alonso and Hamilton—they've been around longest. But I suppose if I'm thinking, no, about it's who... just this, just this season, just this season. Oh, just this season. Um, then it will be Yuki. Incorrect. Um, and maybe like. Magnuson or something no, like that? No, it's uh, the the second most expensive damage cost is $2.292 million to Lance Stroll. And rather shockingly, in third place on the podium this weekend, in one way, I suppose, um, is $2.109 million to um, Sergio Perez, or as Helmut Marco would call it, Mexican damage. <laughs> The Williams livery, I'm just going to say, keep that livery. That car looked absolutely gorgeous under I'm the lights. I'm glad you said that because I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to poo-poo it. What was the occasion that uh, meant that the livery was there? Don't know. The, it, the anniversary of some number of races or maybe just Keep celebrating, imagine. celebrating not being shit anymore. That's a good yeah. way to celebrate. Well, at least not half, not half shit anymore. They've got yeah. to be, because it's not even like they can hide. If you're a shit enough team, you can hide a driver who's bought their seat but is nowhere near good enough. But the sad thing is about actually becoming quite a good team is that you can't hide the shit drivers anymore because <laughs> you've got a good driver next to them going, no, 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 the car is drivable. You're just not a driver. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> it was you all along. Albon started 14th, finished 11th. Wow. And then what, what about uh, Sergeant? A Sergeant uh, started 19th and finished 14th, uh, behind only Fernando Alonso and his 98 minutes of penalties. Alpine in six. Uh, Alpine. My queen, Pomompine, sus Poma. It's remarkable that we started, the, we started that French song yeah. way before they had an all French lineup. So we were ahead of the curve. We there. did, yeah. We did. Um, Gasly, 12 to 6th. Ocon, hey, Ocon, happy birthday to you. Five-second penalty for you. That's not as shit as the race is going to get. There's also <laughs> a DNF. It was really... It was... Oh, my God. It was... Uh, 
So good. So Hearing good. Hearing him so scream good. no. No! 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 Like it was like it was like like in a war film hearing somebody grieve their friend what do you think he used more lung power for uh, blowing out the candles on his cake or screaming when his car exploded how old is he 27 now probably yeah yeah screaming easily <laughs> hey um uh, we've got a birthday cake for esteban should we give it to him before the race or after the race um that's a good question uh, why don't we do it after the race i'm sure he'll be in a great mood he's starting in eighth <laughs> <laughs> he was driving so well and if, if he just if he like where would he have finished if if not for he would have ended up like fifth fourth something like yeah. that that is a birthday to re- i remember my 18th birthday when my sister worked on the door of a nightclub in norwich and uh, for my birthday she got me for my 18th so the first night i could go nightclubbing she got me and all my friends like guest list basically so our names were on the door and so we could go to the vip room and then it snowed on my birthday and one by one i just sat looking at my nokia 3210 while all my friends text me saying they couldn't come to my birthday and i spent my 18th birthday sat in my nan's rocking chair just in in the midst of my parents divorce just sort of quietly crying in the spare bedroom and i think that is not as bad as Esteban Ocon's birthday weekend. I think it sounds much worse. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I didn't know that story. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm very aware this is a Formula One podcast, but I really want to, I want to press pause on the race review and investigate your 18th <laughs> birthday now. Wow. That's so, I'm fine. That's so bleak. I've let it go. Um, yeah, because he, he, unlike 18 year old Joshua and indeed 30, six or seven year old joshua whatever you are um is a millionaire oh yeah that's true yeah that is true and that's yeah. gonna take the sting out of it a lot i think yeah. <laughs> i tell you where i tell you i tell you what didn't happen to esteban ocon last night is that he didn't sit in his nan's rocking chair crying <laughs> no he sat on the on the on the front row seat of a private jet wearing flip-flops going ah, oh well can't win them all blowjob love one thanks very much (laughs) (laughs) and then gasly did well didn't he gasly drove well i'm not really interested in him doing well i don't like i i mean i'm I'm finding him very very hard to warm to the uh fight between ocon perez and alonso ocon made perez look like a rookie during that fight it was absolutely incredible to see ocon and gasly both kind of um, boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. Like they became men this weekend. They both were like mm. warriors where they went, okay, on a circuit at night and it's 40 degrees and there's no uh, uh, room for error anywhere. You want to see something? Watch this. And they both went out and just absolutely pummeled the crap out of that race. So see, this is the problem with when a race is good is uh, it's hard to be funny because I loved what they did. And there's no stand-up comedian. No stand-up comedian goes on stage and goes, oh, my girlfriend. Tell you about my girlfriend. She's so forgiving and thoughtful and kind and lovely and compassionate. And I just love her. There's no jokes in that. And there's no jokes in this <laughs> podcast. Well, that's a shame. I, we're only two minutes hence your 18th birthday, which I thought was a good moment for the podcast. <laughs> and we had some fun at Logan Sargent's expense. You know, let's not give up on it 
all together immediately. Okay. In fifth place, we had McLaren Lando going Lando. from fourth to fourth to second, right on the podium, and Oscar Piastri a quietly mm-hmm. impressive race after a loudly. Shit qualifying. Yeah, you know that kid at school who never really does anything, and then 20 years later someone goes, oh, you know he's a millionaire? And you go, what? Yeah. Piastri? You go, yeah, yeah, he invented the post-it note. You go, you, Oscar Piastri? (laughs) He invented the, yeah, he owns an island now, and he's got doing like a glass onion thing every Christmas. That is Oscar. Fuck. I've never, ever thought about the fact that, who, who? Who is riding high on the post-it bounty? Yeah. Who is living the good life because of post-it notes? Yeah, Oscar Piastri. Oscar Piastri. Post-it note, and also he posted the car, didn't he? He posted it this weekend. What? I mean, obviously, credit where credit's due, Lando Norris. I mean, we'll get to that more with Carlos, but 17th to 7th, just not even on the telly because the rest of the race was so good. There was so, didn't Max get overtaken? Max got overtaken more times this weekend than he has in the last three years. You know that? Mm-hmm. It was really wonderful. Hey, also, this is just to take another break in the race review. I don't think we've mentioned this on the podcast yet, but the other day we were at a Rufus Wainwright show together and we bumped mm-hmm. into a Dirty Air fan. Have we mentioned this on the podcast yet? <laughs> no. no. Oh, I forgot. I forgot about this. Hello. Hello to that guy, by the way. I'd, hello to that guy. I, and also, I'd like to say I'm really, really sorry to that guy because <laughs> I don't think, I don't think, well, me and me and Joshua had both consumed um, some edible marijuana um, <laughs> and we were enjoying Rufus Wainwright the only way we know how, which is high on edible marijuana. It's a, it's a really unique friendship. I'll give us that. I'll give us that. We might not be the best people in the world. We might not be the most loyal friends in the world, but we are the most unique friends in the world. Who who else has a Formula One podcast and is going to get high at Rufus Wainwright together? <laughs> and also, what's the Venn diagram of Formula One fans who also like Rufus Wainwright to that guy? He- well, that, that other guy who was there. I can't imagine, imagine bumping in to a fan of your Formula One podcast at the Royal Albert Hall watching Rufus Wainwright. He, anyway, that guy that guy was our that guy should be on the podcast. He should be our friend. I can't remember it very well, but sorry what for being is, weird. Rufus Wainwright performed two albums back to back at the Albert Hall and there was a gap in between and we took some weed gummies during the first concert. And then during in between mm. the gap, we looked at each other and were like, we need some food. And we bought I mean we bought a it was enough food for seven people it was so embarrassing i bought a lot of snacks a lot of snacks both of our arms full with horrible snacks really Mm. overpriced snacks and this guy came over and went hey i oh my god he goes i loved it yeah and i I was so high i just went alfie's there I, didn't, I wasn't capable of a conversation. And then I started saying to him, I went, did you see the first concert? But, you know, I had to focus on my words so yeah. hard. I just went, I went, did you, were you how, there's this Ninja Turtles first concert. And then I just panicked and went, I'm really sorry, mate. I've taken a weed gummy. And I sort of felt like I saw, or I, I, I don't think he's listening to this show anymore. I don't think that would be enough to put you off. I mean, let's put it this way. He asked for a photo and we've not been tagged in anything on Instagram, to my recollection. Oh, yeah, I suppose so. But then lots of people just take them for their own personal consumption, don't they? Okay, well, to that guy, please send us 
that picture because we'll post it on the Dirty Air socials because it will be a picture of us with a fan and the two hosts of the show off their rocker. Yeah, send us the photo. Send us the photo, friend. (laughs) Anyway, back to uh, Aston Martin in fourth. Alonso starting seventh. Lance, Lance, our first DNS. Did not start, did not finish. Alonso having the... I will say this to Fernando Alonso. He didn't get angry on the radio, which, as memory serves, he has been very openly vocal about being pissed off in the past. Yeah, but he's softened now. He's 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 got the the zen of uh of of, of getting to a certain po- the 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 autumn of his not the autumn of his life, but the sort of the the the, the certainly the winter of his career. Mm. And oh yeah, the, it's a bleak midwinter of his career in the bleak midwinter long ago fernando alonso driving really slow (laughs) here's my question to you okay when a driver chunks it into a wall was the damage irreparable or did they choose not to put my tasty phyllo pastry Stoffel Van Dorn in the car was the damage did Aston Martin look at the damage and just go you know what actually fuck it I do you, do you want to know what's really brilliant is I know the answer ah hit me um the answer is in order for a reserve driver to start a race for a team they need to have completed one of the other weekend sessions in the weekend and he didn't oh and also for lance as well i just want to um i just want to say a little something about about lance here that um um that he probably um mm. with all his boo-boos with all his boo-boos can we start the music with his with his little injuries from Robbie, he's probably probably went home and sat on his bunk bed and he, he normally takes the top bunk. He normally likes to sleep on the top bunk, but he was so upset and so disappointed in himself that he sat on the on the bottom bunk and and he's alone in the house, or, or at least he thought he was. At least he thought he was. And then in walks Raquel Stroll, who's just she's trying on she's trying on a new bikini that she's purchased. She's just she's walking around the house in a little linen bathrobe with a with a lovely new sort of high waisted kind of kind of Italian bikini. And she sits on the foot of the bed and goes, "Hey, Lance," and he goes, "Hey, hey, Raquel, oh, I'm really sad with myself that I damaged the car. Don't worry about it. Your daddy's got so much money; it doesn't make a blind bit of difference. And your position in the team is really." safe until your daddy mans up and decides that actually winning is more important than looking after his son and keeping his son happy. Do you want some? I've I, I made you a snack to make you feel better when I'm feeling down. You know what I like? I like chicken soup. Mm, yeah, I really like chicken soup. If it has crunchy bread in it. No, they're called croutons, Lance. No, I call it crunchy bread. Crunchy, crunchy. And I got you a Capri Sun and you can pierce it with a, with a straw. And I got oh, you I, for dessert a Kinder Surprise. Oh, what's a Kinder Surprise? It's a European uh, egg-shaped chocolate with a toy inside. If there's a toy inside the chocolate, Lance, if you go really deep, if you go really deep, there's a toy inside. Oh, well, I like toys, Raquel. Well, do you want to see my toys? I've got some toys. Oh. I'll show you my toys. Well, 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 Raquel, I have an extensive collection of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys from the original series dating all the way up to the new movie that Seth Rogen produced. No, not those kind of toys, Lance. Let me show you these toys. This one's called Buzz. 
and this one's called Woody. Oh, like like in Toy Story? No, nothing like Toy Story. You want to watch me play with the? Okay, we're done. Um, <laughs> That's growing on me, actually. <laughs> were you were you into that? Yeah, that one was that one was the, that was the best one because it was going nowhere, and then suddenly it went it went somewhere very quickly. Usually, there's a more of a gradual uh, maneuvering into the sexual dynamic between Raquel and Lance, but this one there was very little sexual dy- dynamic until she was forcing him to watch her with her sex toys. <laughs> Oh, third place, <laughs> Ferrari. We put the car in first. Uh, Leclerc. Um, what what is going on? I'm being I'm being held for traffic. Uh, being held for um, traffic. Actually, Charles, that's not what's happening. We're um we're doing something called a a um we're sacrificing you, <laughs> <laughs> like a like a virgin or a lamb to the slaughter. We have decided that Carlos is better. And you're now Garfunkel. Like Abraham with Isaac under a mission from God, we are putting you to death so that others may live. That's what's happening right now, Charles. And the longer we keep you here, the more we get to stare at your gorgeous face. Let's take a second to appreciate the absolute genius of Carlos Sainz's race in that he intentionally slowed down in the lead to give Lando Norris mm. DRS so that Lando could hold off. It was it was like watching Ocean's Eleven when you're like, why are they putting that guy in a box in this? Oh, I see. Oh, that's very clever. Well done, George Clooney. It was the best bit of strategic Formula One racing I have seen in, apart from Perez holding off um, Lewis Hamilton at the race that shall not be named in 2021. This was... Mm absolutely spellbinding and i doth my cap to astro boy carlos Sainz because that's what he looks like when he takes his helmet off he looks like astro boy it was uh completely brilliant and there was a really wonderful quote from crofty or one of the other interchangeable middle-aged uh similarly dressed uh white partridge-esque gentleman um which was Alan Prost. It was an Alan Prost quote, and the 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 objective of Formula One is to win the race as slowly as you possibly can. Yeah, which he did. Uh, he did. It's so. It was such. It was so wonderful to watch and to hear that kind of augmented with the radio interactions that we heard him have, uh, where they went, um, "Lando's zero point eight behind you." Yes, that is on purpose. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm not it's he's not catching me up, you fucking idiots. I've let him there. I've let him there just hover behind me. He can have all the DRS he wants. He'll never overtake me. It's like that is that's crazy to be able to manage. I mean, already you've seen mortals go into Formula 1 cars and try and deal with the like try and get their head around how fast the human mind has to work to be able to turn a corner at that speed but to turn a corner at that speed to manage the speeds to keep a car behind you but to stay in front of it's absolutely remarkable and he's he's been really really good for the last few races now and he seems to be in a really good moment and have found something like 
in the car that makes him happy or just in his own natural rhythm. Do you think that when he shaved those two one hundredths of the second off to give Lando, three one hundredths, to give Lando DRS, said it was on purpose, do you think in the Ferrari garage they were like, what is he doing? What is he doing? We are going slow. We need to go fast to win. And he went, no, it's on purpose. And they went, what is this? Mm. It's called strategy. What is that? <laughs> what? Well, there is no Italian word for strategy. What is the, What is he doing? You are talking a foreign language to me. Uh, while we're uh, talking about genius strategy, uh, second place, Mercedes, Hamilton, fifth to third, Russell, second to... Um, to <laughs> Second to DNF. Don't laugh, Joshua. Don't laugh. The poor boy's heart's burst. That pit stop was old school Mercedes back on form. It was Mm. chef's kiss. Well done, guys. It was so great. It was we mean business. We're not here to fuck around. We're coming for you. We're putting on our jet boosters. We are... We're taking the risk to win the race and we are going to hunt you down. We are sharks and we are going to savage your corpse. They didn't end up doing that. <laughs> they ended up driving into a wall. But but the intention, I loved the intention and the pace. And the, I mean, it was, it was it, speaking about Ferrari now, sorry, Ferrari just then and Mercedes now. And, and indeed, like Norris had a big part to play in all of that. But Mercedes against signs, really, trying to hunt signs down. It was the best Formula One I've seen in years. Yeah, years, yeah. It was, and also the, like, I know everyone's going to be talking about it this week, but the fact that they sort of cosmically, telepathically knew what the other one was doing without being able to talk to the other person was just incredible it was like when two superheroes like batman versus superman when they realize that actually if they help each other it defeats the bad guy and it was Mm. oh my god well done well done i want george russell to win a race i mean obviously he's won that race where did he win can't remember where he won but he won a race um and brazil Mm. i think it was brazil and I'm so invested in the story of George now. He's so vulnerable and real, an authentic sports hero to... And and, and all the, the Lewis as well. I mean, it's the question that everybody's been asking regarding this race. If they had swapped George and Lewis earlier, does Lewis win the race? I think so. I think so. I think that, okay, well, I, I, let me answer your question with another question. Sub-question, um, is, did George Russell crash? That was a quote from High Fidelity. Did, did George Russell crash because he was trying to overtake Norris, or did he crash because Lewis was behind him? Those, that's my question to you. I, I would say that it's a combination of both. Um, I think that Lewis Hamilton, I mean, I, you know, it's possible to say he would have won the race. I think he would have had a better chance than George because I think driving in those moments under that sort of pressure is when the 20 years of Formula One experience or whatever we are at now, 15 years for Lewis would really start paying dividends. It's his inexperience under that sort of extraordinary pressure and the how close victory was, I think, meant that he lost his composure for a second and 
I mean, not even a second, for a microsecond. And that's all it takes to drive your car into a wall in Formula One. And I don't think that would have happened to Lewis. So, I mean, Lewis would have definitely finished the race, would have had a better chance at overtaking Lando and then um, Carlos. But it's important that George does that and it's important that George doesn't then allow it to become a parasitic event for him mentally and allow it to destroy him. Yeah. He needs to become stronger off the back of that. And I think he will. I don't think that this was Checo in Monaco. I don't think that's what we saw. I think that this won't be the breaking. I think it might be the making because also George Russell, not afraid to cry as well in those interviews after the race. He was like holding back. Love him. Holding back the tears. Um, and Well, if he's holding back the tears, he's a bit afraid to cry then, isn't he? Oh yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but you know, like it would have, and, and the ins- keeping his the Sky Sports interview he where keep his helmet on for ages. Yeah. <laughs> the the Sky Sports interview afterwards, where the where Rachel was asking George, you know, what happened, how quickly she went to like into mothering mode, and was like, oh, but it's not your fault. It was so sweet. Oh my wasn't god, it? it was beautiful. It was beautiful. No jokes here, but it, it was, was lovely. Absolutely wonderful. Um, also. Um, I thought Lewis, like, firstly, Max didn't even fight. I had such a horn for when Lewis was chasing down Max because it's everything Mm. I've wanted since Abu Dhabi 2021. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to happen. And Max just absolutely wimped out and didn't even try to Mm. fight Lewis. And normally when Max is losing or when his car's underperforming, we see him go into petulant mode. Where he's like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going this way. I'm going to brake test you, yada, yada, yada. And he didn't do any of that. He was so broken. It was fantastic to watch. I genuinely thought that Lewis Hamilton was going to get a penalty from the FIA just for overtaking Max Verstappen. That's what I've come to expect from the FIA. <laughs> it, was, it was, but I think that shows a greater level of maturity from... Uh, Max and I suppose what we're doing now is we're going in first place Max 11th to 5th and 13th to 8th for Checo Perez Um, I think a younger Max would have become petulant and I think it speaks to his credit that he went not our week this week I'm not happy I will get on with it you know qualified 11th finished 5th that's a good yeah it's not good enough it's a good race it's not good enough for, 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 for how fast that car is Three races ago, we would have said, oh, he's starting in 11th. That means it's going to be eight laps till he's in first. Well, no, I'm, I, 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 and indeed, I'm, I'm, being, I'm, being, I'm being humorous. That would be good for any other team. Uh, and, and you'll be aware, because I sent you the WhatsApp the other day, during the race, in fact, that I put uh, £10. After qualifying, I put £10 on Max Verstappen to win the race. And I considered that to be, uh, you know, I, I would then receive some money. <laughs> That's why I did it. I thought, well, I might as well. I can't watch him win this race and not receive some money as recompense. And and now watching him come fifth, I'm 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 putting another tenner on him to win in Japan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Interesting. I, I'm gonna, I'm going to do this every week. Uh, but yeah, no, I I thought I thought it showed good. I thought good composure from uh max and he kept his head well in circumstances where i think when he was younger he would have lost them and i have a horrible feeling that next week we're going to be back into the back in the tumble dryer our heads swirling around watching max out on his own complete another procession victory yeah and there was no there was very little team radio of max which i don't know whether he was just keeping his head down or whether they are so 
um, hell-bent on us seeing Max as the golden boy that they chose not to air him being annoyed during the race. And also, no penalties for Max, either. No penalties. He impeded twice during qualies. Oh, he got well, he got yeah. a, he got a one spot. Sorry, he did get a one place grid penalty. But then he did that fake pit stop start because he wanted to go into clear air, and GP had to cover for him. Like the two drivers were behind, like tooting their horns, and then GP went, "Oh yeah, Max, we fixed that problem now." You, Max, Max, you mean during qualifying when he was in the pits hanging out with the green light? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Just hanging out. What was he doing? Yeah, that was really weird. Um, I have absolutely no idea, apart from trying to gain an advantage because he wants to clear air. I mean, just to um, sum up the race, I mean, obviously Perez complained that Lewis didn't get a penalty. He raced like an idiot, ruined Sonoda's race, ruined Albon's race. The state of Yuki's car was embarrassing and Perez should really be ashamed of himself. Max obviously not having a good race. I think that whether this is Red Bull not being able to cheat anymore, whether they've been cheating all season with the flexi floor, who knows, or whether they've just read between the lines. But I think the conclusion to take from the Singapore Grand Prix is that racing is really, really good. And Formula One is amazing when you, when everyone plays by the rules. And I just think the FIA right now don't see that. And I think that they are all sat in a boardroom in a holiday inn somewhere in Singapore trying to figure out how to get Max back on top so we can continue to appreciate his dominance when really mm. this was the best weekend of Formula One we've had since Max won his first championship. You're not a conspiracy theorist. Though. Not a conspiracy theorist, but I, that's the end of the show. So thank you so much for listening. We'll see you after the Japanese Grand Prix next week. Um, predictions, where's Lance going to finish? 12th. <laughs> Where's Stoffel van Dorn going to finish? <laughs> Eighth. Uh, I'm Josh Weller. And I'm Alfie Brown. And this is Dirty Air. I'm going to fade out with a song that we haven't heard for a bit. So uh, please enjoy the Dutch national anthem. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 